Welcome Truth Seekers all across the Fruited Plain. I'm your host, Kim S. Anderson, bringing you Civics Made Simple. Hashtag we are exceptional. These are bite-sized civics lessons designed for you to take and share wherever you go. These are important times. Times that American citizens like you and me need to know how our rights came to be and the responsibilities that go along with them. Hey guys, we are into the Constitution and we are, um, we're talking about articles two through six today because what I noticed just straight reading the Constitution is that the Founding Fathers basically, even though they hashed out this, this document, and we've gone through previous lessons talking about, you know, what they went through to actually come up with the Constitution itself, the actual document. Um, it did not come easy, though the document itself is relatively simple. In, in going through it and actually reading the articles, it's clear that the Founding Fathers intended the majority of the responsibility for running the country to fall on Congress. Um, they wanted the legislative branch to bear the weight of government, which is really interesting, which is why I'm including articles two through six in this video when I had to do one whole separate one to talk about Congress because they were initially created to carry the, the bulk um, because they were actually closest to the people, if you think about it. So they were meant to carry the bulk of the responsibility of running the country. Um, so let's move on. Let's get, let's actually get into what we're going to talk about today, which like I said, isn't that deep. It's really simple. Um, article two outlines the requirements and the responsibilities of the presidency. Um, it establishes the executive office or the executive branch of government. Um, we have, as we know, we have, um, unique to America or you know, initially created that way, um, the legislative branch, which is Congress. We have the executive branch, which is the presidency. And we have the judicial branch, which is our court system or the Supreme Court. Okay. So article two establishes the executive office or the executive branch of the presidency and the vice presidency. It sets basic qualifications. Oh, and as I keep going, guys, we are we are going through civics um, with Alpha Omega Publishers in their civics lesson. So you know that I'm not just sort of sitting here making this up, though I could, but I'm not. I'm actually getting it from a source. OK, so just want to make sure we're covering all our bases. All right. So. Article two, article two. Um, it sets the basic qualifications for president and vice president both who are to be at least 35 years old and natural born. <clears throat> so, okay, blah, 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 blah. let me get this out. So it says article two, <laughs> work with me. Article two um, sets the basic qualifications for president and vice president. They are to both be citizens of the United States who are both 35 years and older and natural born citizens who have lived in the United States for at least 14 years. We're not going to have a discussion right now about what it means to be a natural born citizen. We can do that a little bit later. I'm just going through the constitution right now. Okay. Um, 
it also, Article 2, also sets the compensation and provides an oath of office, which includes the words to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. This language makes it clear the Constitution was a document with its own voice that presidents and judges would be expected to obey or follow. Not that the Constitution would be a suggestion, but it would actually be the guideline of their actions. The president is named as the commander in chief of the military and of state militias. He also has the power to grant a reprieve or pardon crimes. There are references in Article 2 um, to a principal officer in the executive department. And this is the basis for the president's cabinets, what we now know as the various secretaries, the secretary of defense, the secretary of state, the secretary of treasury, the secretary of commerce. The various secretaries are referred to as the principal officer in, ex in uh, Article 2. The president also shares with the Senate in making treaties and appointing ambassadors and judges. Now, initially, and it also Article 2 also explains how the president is elected. And we can, we've talked about this at length, um, but the founding fathers, they weren't quite sure whether the people were ready to vote democratically, meaning majority rule per se. And so, um, and they also were concerned about um, sectional differences, meaning what might be popular in one area of the country may not be popular in another, or a populated state like, like we have currently, how New York and California are our most populated states, but do we want New York and California totally dominating because they have the most people who becomes president? And hence, with that idea in mind is why the founding fathers enacted the electoral college for the specific purposes of electing the president. We only have the electoral college when it comes to presidential elections. We don't have them for Senate elections or or um, representative elections only for president because we want all of the votes to be heard and counted, not just the votes in the most populous states. And so we wanted it to sweep from coast to coast and everyone have a say. And that's why the electoral college is so, so very important. And so, and, and how it is selected, I think we've said this before, but I just wanna make sure we get it out there again, that the number of electors each state has is equal to the number of senators and representatives that that state has in Congress, okay? So, so, and how, and we talked about that, I think about how, why the census is important because that term determines how many representatives each state has. So, the more populated the states, the more representatives they have, the more electoral votes they have when it comes to the electoral college, okay? Are you guys seeing how all of this is working together to produce an effective running of government? and seating of government. So, um, and what we also have, I just wanna mention this part to you about the Electoral College, is what we have in place today is something that's known as the Electoral College Promise, meaning that whatever, whichever way the majority vote goes in a state, that the Electoral College agrees to use its votes and cast its votes for president according to the Democratic vote in that state, meaning the Electoral College doesn't then get to decide, you know what, 
I don't like what the people in my state did. I'm going to vote for this other guy. No, that's not how it works. We respect the votes of our of our citizens. We trust the votes of our citizens. And if our citizens in our state, the majority of citizens in our state select a president by popular vote that way or, or you know, by a democratically popular vote, the Electoral College has pledged that they then will vote accordingly with all of their electoral votes toward electing that person that their state citizens selected. They don't get to go back and choose for the majority of the people. The people have spoken. They respect that. And then they cast their votes according to the, the votes of their state. Okay. That's the electoral college promise. And that's in effect. And that's how we operate for presidential elections. And guys, guess what? Like that's it for article two. Ta-da, we're done. Like that's all the constitution essentially, um, um, there's lots of other words, essentially has to say about the presidency and the formation of the executive branch. Let me just grab some water. Now, if you thought that was simple, let's look at article three, which establishes the Supreme Court. <laughs> it's just, this is, you actually have to read this for yourself so that you actually get an idea of where the true responsibilities lie in the running of the federal government. It, it's really shocking. Okay. Article three establishes the Supreme Court. It designates, it, it designates the court as a final appeal and a court for cases involving the constitution, meaning whether a law that gets passed legislatively is constitutional or unconstitutional job of the Supreme Court. It also has cases involving the nat the national government's laws, in cases involving two or more states. Thus, there are two distinct court systems. There are state courts and there are federal courts. The courts may hear cases involving various crimes, including the crime of treason, and trial by jury is the required method for administering justice. Boom, the end, Article 3. Like, we're done. So let me talk about a few more articles, but can you get that? We're done. And then I'm just going to have a little bit of commentary about judiciary and legislative. Hang on just one second. Okay, so Article 4 um, puts conditions on the states. The states must respect laws passed by every other state. Like, you know, the state can't just say, you know what? Hey, you're in Florida. I'm not going to follow the law. I'm not going to respect the law that you passed in New York. Not going to do it. Nope, states can't do that. Um, it also points out the states may not discriminate against other citizens residents, let's say residents of other states, solely on the basis of residency. That means, <laughs> wouldn't that be crazy? It means like, I can't go to California and they go, you know what? You're a Floridian and we don't like Floridians in California. Therefore you're under arrest. You can't come into our state. Doesn't happen. Doesn't work that way in the United States. Thank goodness. We get to, we are free to move about the country. Um, it does require extradition of criminals, it permits more states to come into the union. We seem to be holding it 50, right? Um, but when the constitution was written, right, we only had 13. Most importantly, it guarantees each state a Republican form of government and defense from its enemies. Article five, do you see how simple this is? Article five sets the process for changing the constitution by vote, very important. The constitution can be amended. We know this, right? But the founding fathers wanted to make certain that the constitution would not be changed for frivolous or insignificant reason. There, 
insignificant reasons. So they made it hard enough um, for the process to be, be taken seriously because it, it is hard to get two thirds majority. It is hard to agree to change the constitution. Um, so they wanted, to, wanted it to be taken seriously, um, but at the same time, they wanted to make it possible um, for change to be affected as society grows. So, you know, they knew that they wouldn't stay this small mass of, of, of 13 states. They knew that there was a possibility that it could grow, that people's thoughts and things might change or the laws. Who knew? Like technology, like they didn't have technology, you know, back in 1776. But technology has changed the way we do a lot of things. So, you know, the laws have to be, be changed accordingly or adjusted accordingly. And then how does that relate to constitutionality? So it's really important that we have the ability to amend the Constitution, not rip it up and throw it away, but amend the Constitution. And the last one I'm going to share with you today is Article 6. And that proclaims that national law will be the supreme law of the land, meaning um, this is basically known as the supremacy clause, which basically declares that any national law is superior to every state and local law. So there you have it. Did you see how quick we went through articles two through six? I think the founding fathers wanted to keep it simple enough that the citizenry could understand what the role of government was supposed to be. They didn't want it to be complicated. And it's kind of complicated now. Like, you know, we've got all these, we, we have the three branches, but we have all these other things that are also a part of our government. And so I wanted to just give you one example of why it's important for us to know what the roles and responsibilities are of the three branches. I gotta get some more water. And, and for this example, I'm probably going to use the most controversial topic I could to sort of give an understanding of one, why this particular issue is so um, fiery for us. Um, but when, as we've stated earlier in this, in this um, class, in this particular video, the majority of the responsibility that the founding fathers wanted was for Congress to carry the brunt and the load of the running of the country. They have the purse strings, they write the laws and the laws they write governed and balanced by the Supreme Court become the law of the land. So it's a really important thing. Now, when, when, the, when Congress writes a law, passes a law that becomes the law of the land, normally that means there has been discussion, there has been um, debate about that law before it is enacted and the president signs it. And once that happens, you know what? As, as we the people, we're done. It's accepted or not accepted, but it's the issues mute. The law's the law, right? Um, but what happens, and, and the, the, the example I'm going to use is Roe versus Wade. When we have the judicial branch or the Supreme Court and they make a ruling that becomes precedent, meaning that there wasn't a law before it, but now there is because they ruled that way. We have a, we, we will have people railing against that law because it was established judicially instead of legislatively. And so we don't feel like it's ever settled 
if something is 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 passed or created judicially because that really wasn't their responsibility they're actually usurping the responsibility of of congress and the legislative branch and that's why there's just so much angst and issue particularly around the the idea of roe v wade now i'm not here to debate the morality of that right now what i'm saying is the reason that it's so contentious is that the ruling came from the Supreme Court and not from Congress. See, now if Congress had passed a law that said, this is the law of the land, then guess what? We're done. We've got nothing to say, we've already said it. Now if we want that law repealed, guess what? Now we can vote for some different representatives who can bring up another law, but not a ruling or, or a, a judgment from the judicial branch, it causes us angst because they have created a precedent. They have created a law that did not go through the process. And so people will continue to rail against Roe v. Wade and the, the tenuous balance that that particular ruling has caused because the law was created judicially rather than legislatively. So when we have issues like that in America, that's why, because we have we have other branches crossing over doing the other branches job that causes us as we, the people anxiety and angst because that's not the way it's supposed to be. So I'm just giving that as probably the most extreme example, but you can begin to understand why it's always so controversial because it wasn't a law. It was a precedent. It was a ruling by the Supreme court that threw everything sort of out of whack. And when that happens, we rail. The people, the people, it's not as concrete for us as we need it to be. We need it to be a law. When Congress passes the laws, the Supreme Court checks them off, we're done. It becomes the law of the land. And we can accept that. We may not agree with it, but we can accept it and we can move on. That's why Roe v. Wade is so controversial. You guys get that? I just wanna make sure you understand. I'm not saying, up, down, I'm not, you know, not, I'm not, I'm just trying to help you guys see and understand why it's, it's not based on the morality, but based on the law, why it's so controversial. Okay. So guys, with that said, I am going to wrap up our video for today. Thank you guys. Let me tell you what we have coming up. We got some really, really good stuff coming up. I hope you enjoyed this. Now, next time, I'm really excited about this. Next time we are going to do our next video is going to be about the preamble to the Constitution. We're actually going to break that down. That's going to be very exciting. Um, then we're going to get into the separation of powers, checks and balances. We're going to break that down and just go really in depth on that. And let's see. Hang on. Hang on. Ooh, and then we're going to get into amendments and the ability to change or add things to the Constitution. So, guys, get excited. Stand by. We're going to have some really, really good nitty gritty lessons and even get into the Bill of Rights and why that's so important. So stay tuned. I want you to share it with your friends. Let's help get as many people aware of the wonderful news it is to be an American citizen and help them take advantage of what that means so that we know who to hold accountable. And so if you actually get a copy, I want to encourage you to get a, a, a handheld copy. Here's like a small one. Just look, how, look at how simple our government is supposed to be. Look, 
how simple our government is supposed to be. Um, and it will help you keep in line with some of the things that you're hearing out there when you know that there's, when you know what Congress is supposed to do, when you know what the president and the executive branch is supposed to do, and you know what the judicial branch is supposed to do. It helps you clear out the noise and know what you got to do as a citizen and help you stay informed the right way. So with that said, Kim Anderson, I am signing off over and out. Share, share, share. God bless, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Civics Made Simple. This is your host, Kim S. Anderson, inviting you to visit our site, kimsanderson.me.me, for the latest and most up-to-date information on our podcast and our store. Follow us at hashtag WeAreExceptional on Instagram and Twitter. God bless, and we'll see you next time.